It's The Last Fry, a podcast that brings you the same joy you experience when you find that last French fry at the bottom of your fast food bag. Join Patrick and Deacon B for humorous, inspiring, and joy-filled discussions about a variety of life-related topics that will help you make tomorrow better by besting your yesterday. Here's Patrick and Deacon B. I'm going to be interviewing a gentleman who is recently the father of the bride, and you're not going to believe who it is. Guess who it is, Deacon. I, I, I'm so excited. Who's Who, who are we bringing in? It's you. What? No, no, no. What? I'm the special guest today. <laughs> so just a little bit of background. That uh, is a awesome. week ago, this weekend that we were recording, um, Deacon B married off his uh, his daughter to a fine, fine gentleman and a lovely family attached to him. And I've never been the father of the bride. I think I've got an opportunity coming up in the next few years. So I thought it would be kind of fun to interview Deacon B on what it was like being the father of the bride. Maybe he could share some pointers that with all of like us here. Thanks. You know, Pat, thanks for inviting me on the show. I am so <laughs> excited to be here. I've heard wonderful things about your show. Thanks. I know the podcast is a big hit with all the listeners. And so when I got the invite, I was thrilled. So thanks for having <laughs> me on the show. This is just it's, really, it's really a once in a lifetime opportunity, I think, or, or maybe it's a weekly opportunity, <laughs> one or the other. Well, it's but I'm nice so excited that you to could be here. carve out some time to be here, Deacon B. Yes, my pleasure. So uh, just some questions I, I came up with. Um, the first one is, how, how involved were you as the father of the bride in the whole planning process besides writing checks and besides, using your credit card? That's right. Besides the chick chang, <laughs> uh, of which there was some, uh, uh, to be mm-hmm. sure. Uh, no, I think uh, my daughter and my wife did the lion's share of the planning, and they did you know a fabulous job. <laughs> and it's a good thing because... As a male, uh, I'm not detail-oriented. So A, I'm the dude, and B, I'm not big on details. And so when they're just saying, oh my gosh, we have so much to do and so much planning, and we need to do this and this and this and this and this and that, I'm thinking, wow, I'm glad you're here because none of that would have <laughs> happened, which means we would have had you know 150 guests showed up without silverware and without a place setting and no tablecloths. <laughs> And and nothing and transport no hotel. I mean, it would have been. It's just would have been. I don't know. We're having a wedding. I just you know go to church. Um, but I, actually, I was I was probably involved a little bit more than the average father uh, because of my role, you know, as as a deacon and as the clergy. Uh, mm. And we really did a lot of of stuff from the theological side, uh, getting. The, a lot of different details with the with the different churches and the different locations, and um, just kind of helping out with a lot of that behind the scenes advice from that perspective. But all the details, not so much, not 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 big on my radar. So glad they had a team. So I have a funny story, really quick. So when I was engaged to my beautiful bride, uh, my mother in law and wife did. 98% of the planning. And I was over at my future in-law's house and my mother-in-law, future mother-in-law asked me what I thought about a color or something. And before I could even reply, my future father-in-law said, Patty, if he said he didn't like it, would it matter? Nope. It's a, what this is, is a, uh, it's a charity question. It has nothing to do with reality at all. Ladies and gentlemen, due to some 
unavoidable technical difficulties. We actually lost a little bit of the show, so we are going to just splice in what we do have left of this episode right here. All right. So so lots of check writing and yes. And that was your major contribution. And, and the whole and background. The whole, yeah, the whole, yes, yeah, the, the whole that old theological yeah, background thing. Absolutely. absolutely. Yep. So what did you learn about the whole father of the bride wedding process that you wish you had known before the wedding? Before the wedding. Yeah. So um I think I don't think anybody can prepare. I mean, I, I'm an emotional guy. I don't know. There's, I don't know. Our listening audience, maybe you're out there and you're whatever. You're not as emotional. But I'm, I'm not really emotional except when it comes to my kids. I think that, uh, in, in fact, I really didn't start crying, I think, until I had children. And then after that, forget it, especially after my daughter was born. So this is the thing. <laughs> it is, you know, I was there when she was born. And you watch her grow up and she's your little princess. And, and, you know, we played together. We, we played wedding, you know, she, oh, there you go. she would, <laughs> she would invite all her dollies and stuffed animals and she'd make an aisle and then she would have her favorite teddy bear and, and she would wear her, her yellow princess dress and I would be the officiant. And, you know, when you, when you do that, when they're three and four, and then here you are when they're 25 and it's for real, mm. um, I think I think someone just say, look, it's going to be emotional, you know, just uh, just prepare for it, um, and then and then also uh, I think it'd be good for you know looking looking back, um, you know, a lot of the a lot of the things that seem so important pre wedding just really aren't post wedding, you know, a lot of the the details about the the rehearsal or the dinner or the whatever the you know it's just there's just a lot of little things that aren't as big a deal as as perhaps pinterest says they are or that you know because <laughs> i think i think that's a harm is it is that there's this this internet world out there of perfection and right. and sometimes perfection is just being perfectly who you are and getting you know being with your uh, with your future spouse perfect all right. <laughs> so this next one, uh, I actually have two questions. I'm not sure which one to ask first, so I'll just ask this one. What, <laughs> what questions did you ask the groom-to-be when he asked you yes. for his daughter's hand? And did he ask you and your lovely bride or just right. you? Right. So here's a story on that. Um, so it's, it's very important. It was very important for uh, from my daughter's perspective for, for Matthew to ask to ask my permission and he had been over at the house and she was out for another wedding so she was out with the with the, the bridal party and he's just chilling on the couch and we're just talking about life in the future and and he says you know i you know, i love brianna and and i'd like to marry her and it we weren't <laughs> we were really sure if that was the ask not really sure <laughs> and so my wife being the sweet uh welcoming soul that she is says well you know we like you that matt we you know we like you and i said yeah you're growing on me and so what i'm thinking that's, i don't know but see i was under a lot of pressure because i was warned multiple times not to be snarky and i'm thinking that's it's a father's right uh. Yes. To torture the child who asks your daughter's hand in marriage. It's it's yes. the father dream. <laughs> and and they both, my wife and my daughter, both said, You will not torture him <laughs> when he when he asks you. And so I was thinking, well, 
I don't know if that was the ask, but I love it if it was because that, you know, that's about as snark as I'm going to get. So anyway, oh when, when the official thing did happen, it was a little more obvious that it was happening. And I thought, I think I was as much pressure as he was because I had to deny who I really was. My true snarky <laughs> self, I had to deny it and, and just be pleasant the whole time. I don't know. I don't get it. So he did a great job. Oh, he awesome. and it was doing the COVID thing and, and he was, you know, he was uh, out in St. Louis. I think he was still there. And so we did the whole Zoom thing, which kind of had its own, you know oddities and, and he's calling me from his little dorm room or whatever right. he's got an apartment you know it's upstairs whatever <laughs> and and he was it was funny because the cameras came on and i get then he did one of those puffy he's like <sighs> you know like he's getting himself <laughs> ready that like deep nervous breath kind of thing um and so what i asked him and, and we talked about this a little bit during the um during the service i just i just said look i you know i I have two things to say. One is, is it's my expectation. It's, it's one of the things I talked with my kids since they were little was, um, you know, I really believe that as a spouse, a husband and a wife, uh, your job is to love each other to heaven. And so that's important for, for there to be that strong faith component and, and for you to, to show love and, and love each other to heaven. And the second thing Absolutely. is, is that they, um, you should make, speaking of the last fry, making your tomorrow better by besting your yesterday, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> And so I said, in the spirit of the last Friday, actually in the spirit of the last 30 years of parental advice, um, you know, I really want the two of you to make each other better people, you know, for the rest of your life. Right. And, right. and I just kind of said it and you, you just don't pose hypothetical statements to somebody who just finished undergrad and is currently in grad school because every theoretical or hypothetical or rhetorical question is the word I'm looking for is an as an actual question and so he thought <laughs> and then proceeded to give me a wonderful thesis about his entire process <laughs> and how he will love her to heaven and become better people and it actually was super his answers were awesome and That's and is the father of the bride to hear my future son-in-law say things like uh, it's important that they pray together it's important that they do things together and they are intentionally working to encourage each other and they they do these things called joys and prayers Every night where they focus on something joyful that happened during the day and then they pray for each other. I, I mean, that, that was just, was awesome. So it is awesome. That wow. was good stuff. All right. So building on that, what advice would you give to a groom who needs to ask his future father-in-law for the daughter's <laughs> hands <laughs> in there? What, what so would you, know you give what? That just totally depends on the relationship. I I mean, I, I there's some, there's some relationships that are, terrifying you know if it's like hey i want to marry your daughter because she's pregnant you know that's a whole different conversation <laughs> yeah that's a very then, different, uh, yeah absolutely then uh you know i we've been dating for three or four or five years and and you know it's time for us to make you know make the big step but um but i think you know i think obviously just the fundamentals of good communication uh, as we discussed you know really being uh attentive being polite um you know, valuing the seek input. Cause that was one of the things he's, you know, he, cause he pretty much said what, you know, what advice do you have? Or, or, you know, what, and again, it totally depends on your relationship. Cause sure. if, if, if the bride's father's insane and you're asking for, you know, relationship and, and he's, you know, or advice and you're thinking there is nothing about this person that I admire. And so <laughs> I, I really don't care what your advice is. So it just, it just so depends on what the relationship right. is. But let's just say all things are fundamentally normal. Um, definitely just be bold, 
do it face-to-face, be polite, seek input, and then be honest about and one of the things like it's always the financial thing, right? You know, which I would be so hypocritical because oh, yeah. when I got married, I literally or whatever, we were living off the dollar dance money. Like that was that was my financial plan. <laughs> I'm hoping we get about 150 bucks of the dollar dance, and that'll pay for half the rent. Um, so I, I was not going to do the whole, you know, how do you plan to support my daughter financially? Yada yada yada, because right, that just right. was so hypocritical of myself. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, plus that just doesn't matter compared to. Uh, those other two more important issues, uh, mm-hmm. aforementioned right. issues. Yeah, for sure. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> uh, living off the dollar dance money. That's that's awesome. Yeah. So changing channels ever so slightly, and you've already alluded to a little bit of this earlier, uh, and, and our listeners know you're, you're a deacon. You're a deacon in the Catholic Church. It is, Church. right there in the title. And, right there. and uh, so how much... And elaborate a little bit more on this. How much did your being a deacon impact your role as the father of the bride? Because most of us are just the dads and we do the thing, but you had that dual role that you talked a little bit about earlier. So it was super special. Uh, I have to say it was was one of the, just truly one of the more special days of my life. Um, Because I I was served both roles. And so um, the way that it, the way that it happened was um, I was involved a lot in the behind the scenes stuff, um, as were you, for those in our audience, uh, Patrick and his fantastic wife, uh, our sponsor couples, which for those of you that know what it is, and the, um, they are mentors, let's just say, for, for young couples who are preparing for marriage, and they uh, impart their wisdom and their years of experience, and so they were, they were the mentors for uh, for Matt and Brianna, which was a great, uh, a great honor to have them be part of their, their lives for sure. Um, but as, as the, uh, as the father of the, <laughs> as the up. father, <laughs> so there it is, the trains are coming, <laughs> the trains are coming. Uh, so as, uh, you know, as, as both roles, I, I was able to, um, you know, walk my daughter down the aisle, which was super cool. And then I put on my, my, my vestments, um, and, and serve as the officiant. So I was able to, to officiate the wedding and, and, you know, read the, read the gospel and, and do the homily and, and do the vows and exchange of rings and, and like be a part of the actual ceremony, which was super cool and super unusual and, uh, very much just a great, just a great experience for sure. So what was that like? You're standing there, you're looking at your daughter, you're looking at Matt, you're, you're, <laughs> yeah, I was, it was, I was lucky enough to be in the congregation and how did you keep it all together? Yeah. So <laughs> it was hard. I like the fact that it's kind of too bad because the pictures came back and, and my face, I was so happy, but uh, you're trying to hold it together so you're not like ugly crying, you know, because you don't want to walk down the aisle with snot coming out your nose and the tears and like, ah, you look like a blithering idiot. And so I just, I had this, you know, you know, happy smile, but it was like the hold it together happy smile, you know. Um, but that th- there was times during the the homily or or the the preaching, if you will, for those that aren't familiar with the terms, um, where I was I was really talking to Matt and Brianna and. And both of them independently at different times really started to well up and, and, and get kind of emotional. Mm-hmm. In fact, mm-hmm. it, I even said, stop that because, yes. because, Couple of times. because I'm thinking if you guys break down, I'm done. I can't, I can't, I'm, I'm hanging <laughs> on by a thread. 
<laughs> and if you guys start crying, I'm going to start crying. And then they, the, the audience will start crying and then it's yeah. going to be out of control. Um, yep. <laughs> so, uh, but, but to see this, uh, this young woman, like really just this beautiful young woman who used to be my little girl, you know, who used to be the little girl that would, you know, crawl up in my lap and we'd read bedtime stories and we, you know, we had our little bedtime kind of prayer ritual and our, and she was the little girl that was, you know, throwing mud at her brother. And she was the one that was, uh, you know, in school getting straight A's and, and just, it was just so, yeah, just kind of overwhelming to, to see the full circle. So super, yeah, it was great. It was great. I can only imagine. I'm not, I'm not sure I would have been able to hold it together nearly as well as you did. And yeah, I was, was rooting some... for you the whole time I was praying. Just <laughs> yeah, I, there, brother, I, I, I could felt it. Good. Thanks, man. I was like, you can do it. <laughs> Still going well. You got this, man. Oh, you got my this. gosh. <laughs> so a um, couple of more things before we wrap up this wonderful interview. What should a father of the bride have on his person or nearby on the day of the wedding? What couple, three, four, wedding. five things? Yeah, here we go. If, so, what, what do you need to have on board or nearby right. to support the activities? Uh, support the activities. Yes, definitely some Kleenex. You know, some sort of uh, whether you're emotional or not. It, even I don't, I don't care that if you're going to be the toughest, you know, whatever Harley riding, you know, macho man in the world when it's your sweet little princess and. You know, she starts to well up and it's a big day. Got to have the Kleenex ready. Uh, the breath mints. <clears throat> Always have a oh, little, you know, stop by the convenience store on the way to the wedding and, and pop okay. in and get your favorite breath mint. One for yourself, two for the bridal party. Uh, so the, the gents <laughs> definitely appreciate it. We had our little cheese and cracker tray with the pepperonis and the, oh, the you know, whatever. <clears throat> and so yes. I was like, fellas, here you go. Everybody grab a breath mint before you head out. <laughs> so that was a big bonus. So that, that's a little piece of advice. That's um, really good, actually. Yeah. Um, if you can, uh, grab a small, one of those tiny little plastic combs. You know, not to, like, <laughs> like remember from the 70s when we used to have those big brushes we put in our back pocket. Remember the back pocket? Oh, Gigantic yes. plastic yeah. comb. That, yeah, yeah, not that. The, no. the itty bitty travel size version of that for uh, for that last minute hairdo okay. swipe. Um, and um, I might you know, not have than, that problem. I'm, yeah, I'm going to be for okay those on that one. That actually need that sort of thing for your beard. For, for those, oh, for my beard. Okay. For your beard. You can, you know. <laughs> Clean out the food particles that were in there from lunch. And make sure from you the get cheese that and crackers. From the cheese the, and crackers. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> you know, but other than that, I didn't. You know, I didn't really think. Wow, I wish I would have had. You know, I wish I would have had this or that. Um, I think those are kind of the things that I would recommend that you just put in your pocket. You don't want. You know, you don't want a Batman belt as you're walking down the aisle with you know a stapler and a wrench and a you know plumber's helper and a whatever. You just you know you got to look a little sleek. You got to look good. So for the aisle. ladies out there listening, they're probably thinking, what is this guy talking about? And for all the guys, they're like, that's really good advice. That's that's awesome. So ladies, if this doesn't make sense to you, that's that's all right. You're you're forgiven. Yeah. All right. And then from the entire experience, right? The before the wedding, the day of the wedding, the day after the wedding, what experience did you have that might help make your tomorrow better than your yesterday? What what did you what was the biggest takeaway for you? Yeah. So one of the th is relationship. I, I can sum it up in, in relationship. I, and no matter where you are listening to this show, uh, if if you're in the pre-marriage phase, let's say you have um, uh, a, a daughter or son who's dating, improve your relationship with your daughter and your son. 
just or if you're estranged from them, try to make amends. There, there's nothing more important than relationships. Um, and then same thing with your future, your future in life. If it looks like, uh, you know, it's heading down the road towards, towards marriage. And even if you don't particularly like the other person, you know, if there's major red flags and it looks like it's going to be a terrible, terrible decision, then by all means, assert your parental restraints. We talked about that in our relationship series. Hey, check out the relationship <laughs> series if you're wondering. Um, <laughs> That's back but, in know, season you, one. Right. If you, you know, as a parent, if you, if you notice some really troubling behaviors, then by all means, you know, bring them to the forefront and, and protect sure. your children. For sure. For sure. Abs- absolutely. But if everything's going pretty well, improve that relationship. I mean, one of the things I'd appreciate is, is how much time we spent with Matt and got to know him and his family. Um, it, it, it's, it's invaluable. So uh, work on those relationships, work on the relationships within your own family, work on it with the other family, because it's a long time. Forever is a long time. And the, the sort of uh, environment that launches the relationship goes a long way to developing the future relationship. So make That's sure you have point. that strong foundation. Make sure you have that the strong foundation, and and uh, yeah, love your kids. Just love love your kids, and do whatever you can to to be part of their lives. Well, outstanding, Deacon B. Thank you so very much for allowing me to interview you. We might have you back on the show again soon. Hey, th- um, <laughs> I'd love to come back. This show is so much fun. You, uh, you're a great host, and uh, this show is just so much fun. I I can't wait to come back. Well, Deacon, tell all your friends about it. We'd love to have uh, some more listeners on board. And, you know, maybe if you can tell us a little bit about the uh, social media outlets and uh, how to to get us in there. And we didn't, or isn't there, I think, don't you have a segment where you bring in listener mail? Yes. Yes, there's usually a a spot we bring in um, mail. Is is this a good time for us to do that there, uh, Deacon B.? Well, I'm just thinking, I'm just, you know, I, I just wanted to plant that seed for our audience that next time oh, yeah. we're, okay. we're, we're going to have some, some listener mail and, yes. uh, yeah, for, for, uh, for all those out there, please, uh, subscribe, tell everybody about it and, um, look us up on social media. Please visit us on Instagram at the last fry podcast, Facebook at the last fry and Twitter at last fry podcast and leave us a comment about this episode. Our Pulse bumper music, composed by Evigne Kiselevich, is paid for and provided under a royalty-free license through Music Safe List. <laughs>